Hi, this is Andrew, and this is Keynote, the daily now.tv chat show with some of the world's leading thinkers and writers. Hello, everybody. It is Friday, February the 3rd, 2023. If it's a Friday, it must be that was the week with my old friend Keith Tear, one hey, of Andrew. the great activists, thinkers, troublemakers in Silicon Valley. Um, last week, Keith and I discussed the death of unicorns, always doom and gloom. Unicorns are dying, unicorns being those beloved billion-dollar-plus startups in Silicon Valley. But this week's Everything's Changed. Born Again is tech back, Keith. Took a week, but suddenly we went from the doom of the death of unicorns to tech being back. You didn't choose to use images of, uh, of unicorns. You've got, what is it, dolphins or sharks? What, what's the significance of those fish in your cover feature for That Was The Week? Only that they're babies and newly born. Well, is, is, this, um, is this a rebound of the newly born? What, what's been born this week in Silicon Valley? Well, unicorns are still dying. Let's, let's just say that. Uh, so, that so it's not about that. Uh, unicorns really are the, uh, is uh, about the private markets. That is to say, companies which are earlier stage but have gotten valuable. Uh, what's happened this week is that we are now in the third week of a stock market rebound in tech stocks. Um, a lot of tech stocks are up significantly from their lows in November. Facebook being the poster child for this because they're up 100% in, in, in about three months. So what's being born is uh, the stock prices of previously depressed companies uh, seem to be flourishing again uh, and consistently for three weeks in a row. Uh, a, a, Which isn't, I mean, Keith, three weeks. You know, Harold Wilson famously said a week is not a long time in politics. Three, week is, three weeks is not a long time on Wall Street. Does that justify your rather phallic image of a rocket taking back off out of a computer? Well, this is, this is Alex Kantrovitz's phallus, not mine. Okay. Uh, okay. He, well, he, Alex is phallic, phallic symbol of a... I don't know what Freud would make of a, of a rocket coming out of a computer, but it certainly suggests some, some upward curve of some sort. Yeah, I think it, it, it's a whole bunch of stuff. It's the stock market. It's the, the uh, now very vigorous fascination with AI due to chat GPT's uh, staggering growth. Um, and it is, um, you know, spring almost. So... Silicon Valley. It's the beginning of February. Only you could suggest it's spring on February the 3rd. I did say almost, but I will say this, cherry <laughs> blossoms are out in Palo Alto. They might be, but they're always out in Palo Alto. You have cherry blossoms all the year round. It's, 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 it's the Disneyland of, 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 of climate life. Um, anyway, there is an upbeat Sorry, go on. I was going to say, there is an upbeat mood emerging out of the very depressed mood that's dominated for the last, I'd say, nine months. But you are, and, and, and I mean this as a compliment, you're probably the most cheerful, optimistic person I know, although maybe I tend to know miserable people. I'm rather miserable myself. Are you unusually optimistic? How would you, how would you uh, position yourself on the optimism meter in Palo Alto and Silicon Valley? 
I'm 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 probably um, in a group of entrepreneurs who tend to focus on what's possible next. So by definition, that makes you an optimist because you're you're focused on what you can create, not on what is you know dying. So yeah, I'm out there, uh, but I don't think I'm unusual. I think uh, almost all entrepreneurs are optimists. Ultimately, when 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 um, when the Intel founder Andy Grove is it said um, that you have to be paranoid, he was talking about business people. Uh, entrepreneurs tend not to be paranoid. Well, they have to believe in what they're doing, otherwise they they should stop. I'm still not entirely convinced, though, by the connection with Wall Street. So if you're right, if the markets are up, they are indeed up over the last three weeks. The numbers for these big tech companies haven't been very good this week. The Google numbers, the Amazon numbers, they disappointed analysts. These companies are laying off tens of thousands of employees. Why, why does that justify Cantoritz's uh, is, uh, is rocket out of a, of a computer? It doesn't seem to me to suggest anything that's particularly cheerful. I mean, it doesn't mean we're on the verge of the apocalypse either. It just means that business is back to normal in Silicon Valley. These companies aren't miraculous. uh, And the people working for them aren't essential. Some of them are getting laid off. What's so good about that? Well, I I think, he. firstly, let's give him credit. He wrote his article prior to Apple's results yesterday, but after Facebook's. So Facebook had very good results. It's gotten to 2 billion users weekly. I mean, that's staggering. That's, you know, some, more than a third of the world <laughs> using Facebook weekly. Um, and it's it really especially since most of us have, have written Facebook off. Yeah. And its revenues went up as a result, which is in contrast, say, to Snapchat, uh, whose revenues were stalled uh, and, and its stock crashed. So um, I think what we're beginning to see is um, advertising is becoming targeted on places it thinks it can be beneficial. And Facebook is one of those places. So Kantrovitz was, was taking that into, into account. And I think he's also taking the, the, the next phase of innovation into account, which is, which is all to do with AI. Um, so I, I, you know, I think there's reasons to be cheerful part three. Isn't that a song from England? Yeah. Ian Drury, I don't know if it's a part three, but there's certainly a part one yeah. and two. I, I want to get to AI, but let's just talk about Kantrowitz's thesis, Big Tech Rebound. Does that mean you mentioned um, some of the other uh, internet companies that aren't doing so well? There's no rebound for medium tech, is there? It seems as if the big tech companies are as strong as ever. Facebook even is coming back, TikTok, Google, Amazon, Apple. Um, there's always a lot of energy and money around startups, but everything in between is getting wiped out. It, well, I don't know about wiped out, but there'll be a they'll, the, the correction isn't finished. You're right about that. That that said, you know, NEA, which is a big VC fund here in the Bay Area, raised two funds equal to six point two billion uh, announced this week. Notion Capital, a UK fund, raised 300 million, which is its biggest fund yet, and they do earlier stage. So I, I, I do think that uh, money is going to look for places to grow. And f- for the most part, innovation is, is where it looks. And innovation currently means data and AI, which is my world. So it feels good to me. 
And, and I, you know, I don't think it's unreasonable that um, previous companies that have failed to live up to the growth possibilities are being uh, repriced downwards in, more in line with their realistic futures. That's kind of normal. I think it's cyclical in the valley. You know, um, um, uh, I've made this point to you. It's often thought the valley is irrational because lots of money goes into things that then create bubbles. And those bubbles then burst. To me, that's 100% rational behavior. It's rational to put the money in in the first place because very large gains are going to be made. And it's rational for the air to come out of the balloon at some point because those companies have now grown. If you look at the, the, the revenue produced by uh, cloud companies uh, over the last 10 years, it went from uh, you know, small numbers to now $1.5 trillion, trillion a year in revenue. So the real value is created. The price of that value is initially very high because the promise is so high. And over time, that price comes down as the reality kicks in. But it's still super valuable. Um, what about AI? We, we, you've talked about that. Your news of the week is full of AI stories. Uh, some... Um... Uh, some are encouraging, some somewhat chilling. Um, are we in the early stages of uh, an, an unrealistic AI boom, or is it for real, particularly around chat GPT? I know one of your stories this week is about uh, chat GPT uh, reaching 100 million users. But on the other hand, we have the appearance of something called generative AI content farms, which are rather chilling, which are really just full of garbage uh, so, so, so where are we in the AI boom or boom letter today and on February 3rd, 2023? Well, I, I think the first thing you have to say is nothing we've so far seen qualifies for the label AI. Uh, it, it, it's really machine learning and natural language processing and deep learning producing products that are super good but, but there's an, there isn't a lot of intelligence in, in, in the products, as in they are heavily reliant on large data sets that they use as a, as a catchment tool from which to figure out answers to questions. And they're really, really good at that. But that the definition of AI is, is a bit beyond that. AI is when uh, training is not required. And the limits of the training are not a limit on the AI. That's what's often called AGI or artificial general intelligence. We're nowhere near that. Right. And we talked about that, I think, last week. Gary Marcus says we, he may not see it in his lifetime. Um, and, and Gary is younger than you and I. So, uh, so, so we're not on the verge of smart computers walking around yeah. mimicking human beings. No, we're, we're in the world, however, of um, high-quality repetitive tasks needing to be uh, relevant to lots of different use cases, that, that we're, we're completely there now. Um, uh, Does so any industry, Keith, you and I have talked about this many times on and off air about how tech is changing the world. Um, Reid Hoffman 20 years ago, I think, famously said that all, all, all industries need to be think of themselves as tech industries. With this generative AI, does it mean everyone now has to embrace this new technology? And the way you describe it, it seems to me that manufacturing, for example, would use the, it would be essential, it would revolutionize the whole 
the whole notion of the shop floor and of the working class. Uh, I, you know, I think the low-hanging fruit is things like copy editors or uh, language assistants, um, uh, uh, probably uh, low-level creative tasks that are, you know, confined to uh, limited limited outputs. So I, I told you the story before we started the show about my um, my son's girlfriend, who's a teaching assistant who wanted to get some advice how to deal with a kid who was playing video games in class. And instead of going to her boss and spending an hour discussing it, she asked ChatGPT for some strategies to deal with this kid. And it immediately gave her some strategies that were useful, uh, some of which she started to use. So when teaching assistants start using this for advice as to how to deal with children, you know, it isn't a big stretch of the imagination to realize that there's almost no job that requires thinking and the nice thing about that example is it doesn't suggest to me that teachers are going to get laid off in fact it's going to reward the the smart teacher the the responsible teacher who wants to use this technology to make them into better teachers yeah exactly right exactly right so so look how many millions of uh how many millions of people could leverage that in their life they just put a price on it of $20 a month for a subscription for a pro subscription that guarantees access. It's the same as the free one. It's just you're guaranteed to get in because there's such a... 20, yeah. Well, we all need to get that. But coming back to the example of, of the, the teacher using it to improve her experience in the classroom and, yeah. and make education better for the kids, presumably that teacher has a boss. Presumably there's someone in the school telling her how to teach. Can that person compete with this generative AI? I think that's up to them. I, th I think if you embrace the generative AI as a tool and um, use it to reinforce messages that you want to put into your environment um, and sometimes to be suggestive and replace thinking with computer effort, uh, thus giving yourself more time to focus on things where the computer can't help, then I think it, it, it'll be fine. It'll be a tool, just like any tool, like um, you know, a calculator in a math class is now allowed. Um, but but I but so I don't think it, it's scary at all. That said, you know, there'll be times now when when you won't need to hire for a role because ChatGPT can do it, uh, and and that's inevitable. To continue our positive theme, one of the more encouraging startups to me of the week was one created by the two Instagram founders, Kevin Systrom and Mike Krieger. They sold their then startup to Facebook for, I think it was a billion dollars, which at the time seemed absurd. I wrote about it as absurd in one of my books. Now it's worth a lot more. They're funding an AI-driven news app that can promote content to challenge users' views according to the FT. A lot of other people are trying to do this as well. Clean up propaganda, clean up misinformation. Gary Marcus is doing something similar. What do you make of what Systrom and Krieger are doing? These guys have huge amounts of money. They can do anything they want. So presumably there's something real here. Yeah, but I fear there may, there may not be a market. Um, this is where my skepticism about humans comes in. Um, I, I think we've become more tribal as human beings, we, we, we almost want 
to read stuff that reinforces our views. And we are not particularly happy. I, to I mean, speak for yourself. I, I, I certainly don't. I want stuff to challenge me. I don't have many views, but I certainly don't want to just be reading what I already think. Yeah. Well, I, I'm the same as you, but I don't observe that many other people that are like that. Do you? I mean, I watch MSNBC and on everyone occasion. claims they're like that, whether they are or not. I mean, most people, as you suggest, are either Fox or MSNBC viewers, at least in the United States, which have become like churches. They just have people preaching to them without giving them any information about the proof of God. Exactly. So that that tribalism is um, I, I think it's great that they're challenging it. I hope they don't need to make money because I suspect that the well, they got enough of their own. Is the technology there, though, now to fund AI driven news app that can begin to sort out propaganda? I, I, I think the answer has to be no. Uh, there's been many, many attempts to do this over the last 10 years. Uh, um, I, one of them was acquired by Walmart Labs, actually, and was, it was pretty decent. I forgot what it was called, but it began with the letter K something like Kismet or Kismo or something. Um, uh, and it was the best I've seen, but it still wasn't good enough. I, th I think the difficulty here, Andrew, and it's a problem I, my entrepreneurial side has tried to address a few times, and, and I've never really persuaded myself it's doable, is human beings' interests are both generic and specific at the same time. So an example of that would be, you, you're interested in the English Premier League. Specifically, you're interested in, in Tottenham Hotspur, the team. But actually, beyond that, you're actually really interested in what's going on in the today. Maybe they're buying a new player. Maybe someone's injured. Well, they never buy new players because they have a man in charge who doesn't have any money or claims he doesn't have any money. But yeah. That's another issue. I'd like an AI that imagined us buying players. Now, so if you were to try to guess what you're interested in today, you'd have to know at a very granular level of detail the stuff within a broader topic that is actually interesting. Otherwise, you'll just serve up these bland Tottenham Hotspur stories to you, and you won't be interested because they're not really adding anything to your knowledge base. So it's, it's actually it's a hard problem to be interesting to a human being. That's a hard problem because human beings are super specific in what is worthy of their attention in any given moment. Um, the, your, your theme, Born Again, is certainly relevant when it comes to, to Facebook. I think some people imagine that Facebook was finished a few months ago. The stock collapsed dramatically. Uh, you have one headline that Zuckerberg is, is saying that Meta is making this the year of efficiency, but you suggest that Facebook might be back, that it might indeed almost be born again. Well, well, its stock has been born again. Uh, the company, there's still a big question over the company, which is weird because when, when you have 2 billion weekly users and more revenue than God, you would think everything's fine. But, it, but I, I, I do still believe there's an ex existential crisis at Facebook about what it wants to be when it grows up. And the metaverse is still hanging over it. It lost 13 billion on the metaverse in the last Do you think it's months. conceivable? Does, does, does Zuckerberg have the political skills to fall on his sword about meta and say, look, I was wrong. I, I just don't think we're ready for this yet. We're going back to our old business. 
I doubt he can do that because the, the fact that Apple is teasing that it's going to come out with some AR VR device this year means it's going to reinforce his belief that there's a that there's something to go after, and um, cl clearly augmenting the human eye with information is is a real target. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that as a target. The VR method of doing it is probably flawed, but it doesn't mean the idea generally is flawed. And I think between them and Apple and Microsoft and others, you know, we're going to see innovation in that space slowly, uh, I suspect, because the uh, when it comes to speed and slowness, no one is slower than the US government. Um, uh, the FTC lost uh, one of the headlines this week is it lost its antitrust challenge to Facebook's meta, which is bizarre because it's hard to see Facebook as a, as a threat on the antitrust front. But you did connect all this with your startup of the week with the news on the FTC loss. Who is your startup of the week? Is it meta or is it FTC? It's it, it, it's definitely not FTC because that would be uh, yeah, the anti-startup. Yeah, they, they would be the uh, fallen unicorn. Um, if, Although if they, they were never a unicorn in the first place. Imaginary. They thought of themselves as a unicorn, but they were yeah, never. I made Facebook Startup of the Week because of its stock price and its uh, recasting of its goals as being efficiency, which has led the, the Wall Street, at least, to look at it way more favorably than it had been doing. And I think Zuckerberg, in that sense, is responding to input from the world. Um, I will say this, however, when your stock price goes up because you're listening to Wall Street, that isn't necessarily a good long-term sign um, because innovation is what drives the, the long-term, not bowing down to, to Wall Street. So, uh, But I guess all these, the fact that Zuckerberg has 2 billion people on, 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 on the Facebook platform buys him time with Meta. I mean, it gives him a... Yeah more of a runway. I mean, what kind of runway does he have with Meta in terms of this or augmented reality or virtual reality? Three to five hmm. years? Honestly, his runway is infinite because of the revenues. I mean, uh, they are super profitable. They put billions of dollars of cash in the bank every quarter. The fact that they spend some of that cash on experiments is, um, you know, shareholders might not like it, but it's certainly not uh, a threat to the company uh, for them to do that. So if they can do that and manage their share price, they've got forever. They can go on forever. A bit, a bit like Microsoft. You know, Microsoft is... Yeah, but I thought of Microsoft. They didn't have forever. In the end, Gates got bored and left, and, and it took a couple of generations for, for, uh, of leaders for them to, to reinvent the company. Finally, uh, startup of the week. We haven't talked Musk Twitter, so we have to talk at some point. You can't do it. That was the week without Musk and Twitter. Uh, yep. How did Twitter get get into? How did Twitter become the tweet of the week? Uh, well, so the Twitter dev team announced via a tweet that it's going to be discontinuing free use of its uh, application programmer interface, its APIs, meaning that developers that use Twitter data and take it via an API are going to have to start paying for it starting February 9th which is a, you know, part of Musk's whole drive to free Twitter from needing uh, to be fully reliant on advertising alone. Which I think is, 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 is Musk really sleeping? 
at Twitter? Is he still on a sort of a, a, an 18 hour schedule there? And has anything really changed? I mean, it still seems to be the old Twitter. Uh, there was even news that they scored a Super Bowl deal. I know that he's been against advertising, but that got in the headlines, which is a classic traditional Twitter business move to yeah. sell advertising around the Super Bowl. I don't, I don't think he's against advertising. He's just against being dependent only on advertising. So he's trying to figure out ways to get additional revenue streams and be less reliant. But yeah, I mean, the, the, the Super Bowl ad is logical. Uh, you know, who, who isn't going to be using Twitter during the Super Bowl? Uh, well, certainly tens of millions of people are going to be. So, And no more news on Mastodon or alternatives to Twitter. Clearly, that was never a realistic market. It's Twitter or bust on that social media, real-time short messaging platform, isn't it? Indeed it is. And I, I, I haven't told you this, Andrew, but I did turn off my Mastodon server recently due to mis- lack of use, which means your Mastodon account has now disappeared into the ether. Well, that's headlines, Keith. I, I'm sure that's going to affect Wall Street, isn't it? Absolutely. The, the stock price of Mastodon uh, doesn't exist, but if it did, we would have dealt a blow to it today. <laughs> 